When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Before the game kicks off, let's ramp it up with college football overtime. Here's, here's, here's Garrett Chapman and Abe Gordon. And I'm going to start with our Thursday game. Boston College at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is in a free fall. Uh, they just lost a, a bad game, and that's probably the nicest way that I can say it. The 2-8 and eight Pittsburgh Panthers lost to Syracuse, a team that was previously... Oh, and five, I want to say in the ACC, they lost five games in a row. They didn't have a quarterback, Abe. They were running a triple option offense. It was just not even a triple option. It was just, a, it was just a, a wildcat. They had a tight end lining up at quarterback. It was just an embarrassing display for the Pittsburgh Panthers. Pat Narduzzi, is he coaching for his job on sat on Thursday or is that already decided? Boy, uh, that probably has already been decided, but I'll tell you what, Boston College um, came out of nowhere with a completely flat effort a week ago. I I thought they'd have the upper hand against Virginia Tech. Castellanos was terrible, uh, 50% passer, uh, two interceptions, very costly. Um, both of these teams looking, looking to kind of rebound. BC had been rolling pretty well, but, uh, totally flat effort. We'll see if they can get back after it, uh, later tonight. Yeah. And I think that's going to be a very interesting game for, for two teams who, well, Boston college is looking to solidify their bowl standing and go to a better bowl game who, after really, really struggling to start this season and, and Boston college kind of struggled a bit at times this season and they got kind of got themselves up off the mat and then they nearly lost to Syracuse. And then they have the embarrassing display that we saw last week. So I want to figure them out a little bit. I think they should be able to run the ball pretty effectively here at Pittsburgh. Uh, I think Pat Narduzzi's lost that locks per room. I think it's all said and done. That's going to be likely a job opening for the first time in a number of years because Narduzzi has been a, a bit of a stalwart there at Pittsburgh. But moving on, I do want to get into this matchup that Louisville has against Miami, a game that has massive ACC implications because if Louisville wins, if they win, they lock down the ACC. If they lose and the other teams win, so UNC, NC State, and Virginia Tech, you have yourself a four-way tie for number two in the ACC. Don't ask me to explain the tiebreakers because I don't really know. <laughs> I was going to look deeper into it if, if Georgia Tech actually got into that situation, but they had that debacle that they did against Clemson where they kind of got spanked and uh, cast out with the garbage. So I'll move on from them and that specific thing. But the important thing is if Louisville wins on a road trip, which they haven't historically done very well, on the road, then they would lock down the ACC. And Abe, that is my biggest thing for Louisville, period. Play better. Just be better on the road. The last time that we saw them on the road was the Pittsburgh loss. Then they had the NC State debacle. Largely, this team has not been effective. The, the rushing attack gets shut down. For whatever reason, the electricity of that off, like the high-flying passing attack, for whatever reason, Jack Plummer doesn't get the memo and he doesn't get on the plane, or at least his, his passing attack doesn't. This is a really good Miami team. This is a Miami team that's a lot better than six wins. And they are fully capable of making this a really tight contest. I think that whatever the spread is, it's probably not close enough. 
Louisville should be good. Louisville's talented enough to get this job done. Jamari Thrash, Dewar Jordan, like the, the whole crew, they're a really good football team. But there's a reason that they got they're the lowest ranked one loss team and have been consistently throughout the season. They have holes, they have problems, and they have shown that they are susceptible to losing games like this. Tyler Van Dyke. Can Tyler Van Dyke step up in a big spot and just not turn the ball over? He had 11 interceptions in five games. That's not going to happen. There's a reason Emory Williams came in and bit for, and for after he got benched, but he's not here anymore. Now you got to re-earn that job. Abe, what do you think about this game? Yeah, it, it, it's really what type of game is this? Because to to the games that you mentioned, Louisville does not fare well in these physical games. Uh, and so are they able to get their receivers, their playmakers in space? Yeah. Uh, get Jordan into the second level, stuff like that. Uh, if they are, I don't think Miami's got the explosivity uh, to keep up. But but if this is a lower scoring game, um, it, it, it can play out that way. This is a game where Miami's actually a half point favorite. So a virtual mm-hmm. pick them. Um, so that tells you the confidence that that Vegas at least has in favorite. Louisville. But um, to me, this game is equally as important for these two teams as it is for Florida State. Florida State needs to be facing Louisville. They need to face another highly ranked team in the ACC championship game. So they're going to have a, a little bit of a eye on this one as well. Yeah, for sure. And this is, a, a of course, the, the, the offense struggled against Florida State, but the defense looked really good for Miami, that is. They held them to 322 yards. and three. They sacked them three times and had nine tackles for loss. I think this is a Miami team that's very capable. Of, of springing an upset. Well, I guess it wouldn't be an upset because they're favored by a half point. Yeah. Which I didn't realize. I, I thought that maybe the line had moved since the last time I saw it. Um, but this is a good Miami team. If they can play clean football, then I give them a, a decent shot to win this football game. And I, if they can win that line of scrimmage, which I think they can, don't be surprised if Miami sends Louisville home unhappy. Uh, elsewhere in the ACC, North Carolina goes on the road to take on Clemson. North Carolina, They've won two straight games. Yes, I'm including the Campbell game because it counts in the in the stat book and on their win-loss record. So, yes, I'm going to count it. So, But they've won two games in a row after losing two games in a row to Virginia and Georgia Tech, both on the road. Uh, well, I guess Virginia was at home and then Georgia Tech was on the road. But now they get their toughest test of the season, Clemson. This is a team that is – look, I think Clemson's figured something out. They look like they turned a corner against Notre Dame. I wanted them to prove it against a really good Georgia Tech offense, and they did more than prove it. They dominated one of the best offenses in the ACC with Georgia Tech, and they look like they turned a corner. They look more like the team that we have come to expect to come from a Dabo Sweeney-led team. And Kate Klubnick had a career day, 205 yards, four touchdowns, only the one turnover. That's an important thing because they didn't turn the ball over in bunches. That's been their biggest downfall throughout the course of this season is they just they put the ball on the ground or they throw the ball to the other team or or something in big moments always seem seem to come up and bite them. And that wasn't the case last week. It wasn't the case against Notre Dame. The ball sort of bounced their way. And I think Clemson's sort of figured itself out. They've got that chip on their shoulder and they're playing for something. They're playing for their coach. They're playing for their pride. And they look like a different, more physical bunch. Yeah, people wanted to bury this team, and, and, and I think you hit it right on the head. It does feel like they figured something out. There was a time where you're like, whoa, is Clemson going to lose the last four games of this season? Um, obviously, Notre Dame Tech uh, this week against Carolina, and then next week against South Carolina. Could, could they really drop that many? 
Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, the question is, have they figured something out or is what we've seen just uh, an anomaly? If they have figured something out and they are favored in this game by nearly a touchdown, Mm -hmm. uh, they will win. Uh, For me, UNC has been incredibly disappointing. The return return of Tez Walker did not have the impact. Um, We thought it might in the first week or two of his uh, return. And um, you also, whether this is fair or not, you do have to question whether Drake May's got uh, an eye on the NFL draft at this point. Um, I, I, I think it's only human nature um, once an ACC title, theoretically an ACC title, a playoff berth, stuff like that goes out the window. Where does his focus start to turn? So it'll be interesting to see. Um, I actually like the way that Clemson is playing, but it's only been two games. So, so it's still tough to tell if they did figure something out, as you mentioned, or if it was a two-game anomaly and they returned to being essentially a boring offense here coming up. Yeah, because this is a team that scored 17, 20, then 17. Yeah. And looked pretty hapless, and that's when a lot of those comments started emerging. Yeah. A lot of the question marks. That's when Tyler and Spartanburg worked up the courage to call into the (laughs) coaches' show. But since then, subsequently, they scored 31 and 42. So it looks like they figured something out on offense. Really, it's the consistency of Kate Klubnick. He's throwing the ball down the field with some with some confidence and and then they just have guys who are stepping up in big spots amari and hampton is the guy that i've got my eye on you talked about drake may of course he's a stud he's a, he's going to be the best player on the field at least as far as nfl draft stock and pedigree is concerned amari and hampton is a guy who's rushed for 1200 yards he, he scored a lot i mean he's done everything you could possibly want in a running back and he's going to need to have a big day against a really stout clemson rushing defense and you've got to stay ahead of schedule and you've got to sustain drives. You know, like this is a really potent attack. You know, Drake may is going to be able to stretch the field and do, and do some big things. But if you're not able to run the ball and you're able to make North Carolina one dimensional on offense, then I think you give yourself the best opportunity to win. Uh, And because I just don't trust this North Carolina defense because you saw what Kate Klubnick was able to do against an equally putrid Georgia tech defense. Well, this North Carolina defense is no better. Like, this is a group that's allowed 32 points per game, Abe. 32 points per game. That's 40.7 against ACC opponents in the last three. This is, in te- this is a team that, that it's brutal. It, this, there's Swiss cheese. And I think Cade Klubnick's figured something out. He's playing with some confidence for the first time all season, and that's going to be enough for me if I'm Clemson. Did you have any more comments on this one before we move on real quick? I just agree with you. Uh, UNC's lost the entire script defensively. Uh, you thought that first game against South Carolina, we knew they had a bad offensive line, the Gamecocks did, but you yeah. thought maybe they had a bunch <laughs> of difference makers on the D-line, and in recent weeks that hasn't proven to be the case. I've been disappointed with Gene Chizik. I, I thought that he was going to be a bigger a bigger deal um, than he has been so far this season. North Carolina, of course, ranks up there as one of the bigger disappointments, but they had just had the crazy game against uh, Duke last week. Maybe that was just the confidence that they needed. That was their get right. But speaking of Duke, they go on the road to take on Virginia, uh, another quasi-interesting game, but more in, more interesting in the fact that they're going to be honoring their teammates who passed away uh, with, with the, the paint in the end zone. That's going to be a very emotional display, and I would encourage anybody and everybody to go check that out. Uh, whenever they unveil that. But Duke goes on the road. This is a different football team without the quarterback. Leonard is is just such an important facet to what they do. But Virginia is all beat up. I really don't have much of a feel on this game. These are just two ga- two teams who are really, really injured. And Virginia looks like they've given up on the season a little bit. But this is going to be a very emotional game for them. 
So I, I wouldn't put it past them to spring some sort of upset or at least have some form of chaos ensue in this one. Uh, so definitely keep your eye out for this one. Yeah, th- this is really just about the growth of Duke quarterback Grayson Loftus, uh, who had started the year, I think, third string and and now is being thrust into the starter position. And just uh, this is his second game, or this will be his second start, third game getting major action. Just is there growth or, or are there still freshman mistakes? I think that's the question. If there's any growth or, or at least he's managing the game, Duke's not losing on Saturday. The next one that we have up is Wake Forest going on the road. They are taking on Notre Dame. Dave Clawson and company, this is a tough test for these guys who are looking to get bowl eligible. Um, I think you're going you're gonna to be hard-pressed to get a win at Notre Dame. But they have win number five potentially coming next week when Syracuse, when, uh, when Syracuse or they have to travel up to Syracuse to, to go play the Orange. I don't really have much of a feel in this game. I think Notre Dame should handle it pretty easily and just continue on. Yeah, at, at home, uh, at just riding is – I mean, look, Notre Dame's not been impressive in recent weeks, but they haven't been that uh, disgusting to watch. They they ought to be able to handle this game. Yeah, and as long as they – I mean, and Wake Forest is a good football team. Like, this is a team that, that – that they're still a pretty potent passing attack. Like, they're still able to do some things with the football, and I just don't think that they're going to have the talent really to keep up. Audric Estime and company, like, this is going to be – one of those types of afternoons for, for Wake Forest. They're not, I don't think they're going to be able to stop the run effective enough uh, in Audrick Estime. I've been saying that most of the season. <laughs> he's He's been the player who I've expected a lot from, and I haven't really seen too much from him, at least in the biggest of games. Um, he's a good player, and I think that this is going to be another game where he can have an opportunity to really take over. NC State and Virginia Tech, these are two teams which, believe it or not, this is an elimination game. So if Louisville does lo- win, if, or excuse me, if Louisville loses and North Carolina uh, potentially loses, then you're at a two-way tie potentially for uh, the ACC championship game. Even if UNC wins, I don't know who the head-to-head is necessarily, but there could potentially be a three-way tie for that ACC title game. Um, these are two teams who I really don't know. The way, uh, NC State just had a quarterback drop out, but they've been trending up, MJ Morris, I- I- him aside. The defense has been playing at a very high level. And they got the win against Clemson earlier this season. And they look they look pretty good, especially on the defensive side of the ball. And Dave Doran, by hell or high water, is going to win eight games. Like that is just his MO, is he is an eight and four head coach. It doesn't matter if the whole fa- the whole world is in your favor, you're going to go eight and four. If the whole world is against you, you're going to go eight and four. Like you start 0 and four, he's about to win the next eight games on his schedule because that's Dave Doran. He wins eight games. Well, Abe. They currently sit at seven. So I think they're going to win. Yeah, I, I mean, look, you mentioned <laughs> the quarterback dropping out, but it's not like you're turning it over to an unproven guy. You've got Brennan no. Armstrong there who had lost right. the starting role. He's seen a lot of ACC action. Obviously, he transferred over from UVA. So um, between that not being like a total panic move because you mm-hmm. do have some experience at the quarterback position, he returned last week and led them to a big win. Also, the defense has given up six points in back-to-back weeks. Uh, and if they look like that again, NC State will get the job done. Yep, and Britt Pry has also done a magnificent job in the ACC. He was a guy who a lot of people expected to be potentially losing his job by the end of the season. Virginia Tech seemingly fell off a cliff, but he's got the boys up in Blacksburg back on track, and they are competing for ACC title game appearances, uh, something that I don't think anybody was fully expecting from Brent Pry this year. Uh, so credit to Virginia Tech for, for all of the success that they've had this season. I don't think that this matches up too well 
for them in this game, but I think it's going to be an interesting one with a lot more to play for than most people really thought. Florida State is playing at home against North Alabama. I don't have any comments about this. North Alabama is not even an FBS proponent. This is a game that they should win by 60, 70 points. Just stay healthy for next week when you take on Florida. Yeah, you you got that right. Stay healthy. And then, look, people are starting to question Florida State and the legitimacy of their ranking. Mm -hmm. Um, This is not a game you can win by 10 points. So you do need to go out. I don't. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just, you, like, you, you can't, can't lose. You can't win the first quarter by 10 points. Abe. Yeah. You, you can't sleep this right. This needs to be 21, nothing uh, by the time people are, are done. Want, you know, it, it does. Um, so I agree with you there, but yeah, just stay healthy. Um, we won't panic. If guys don't play the second and third and fourth quarter, stuff like that, uh, mm-hmm. they're going to save some up for Florida. I need to be able to stand up, go crack a beer, come back, and the touchdowns already happen. You know, right. like it's it needs to be one of those types of games. Yeah. Hey, we're gonna finish here in the ACC, the primetime matchup. The rambling wreck of Georgia Tech is looking to become bowl eligible for the first time since 2018. Meanwhile, Dino Babers and the Syracuse Orange are looking to become bowl eligible for the second time in a row for the first time in over a decade. Do you have a feel for this game? Because Syracuse, they had a tight end taking snaps at quarterback last week. I don't know if that's going to be enough to beat Georgia Tech. It was certainly enough to beat Pittsburgh last week. Uh, Georgia Tech's a lot better football team than Pittsburgh. I think Georgia Tech should win this game, but we've said that before. This is a team that notoriously doesn't do well when it's favored at home. But I think their backs are against the wall. I think the guys understand all that's at stake right now. They have a chance to go bowling. And when you're a new head coach and you are in your first year of a program and you get bowl practices – that is more valuable than gold. And I would take bowl practices over anything because that is where you get the new crop of players in. They get extra they get extra reps. All of that matters to the growth and development of your program. So I think Brent Key is going to bring out all the stops to get this win on Saturday. Well, look, you know they're not going to rely on trying to beat Georgia at, at the end of the year to get to bowl eligibility. So in that regards, Garrett, this is a must-win game for Georgia Tech. It's their yes. real only last chance to get to bowl eligibility. And look, we've seen Haynes King win ACC Player of the Week, and we've also seen him put forth efforts like a week ago with four interceptions where there's no way that team is winning. So it's going to come down to his play. How steady is it? Uh, and then to take pressure off of him, what's that run game look like? We saw them run for 200-some-odd yards in one quarter against North Carolina. It would help them out quite a bit if they could do that uh, again this weekend. But I, I do think, to your point, this is a game you see a lot of desperation out of Georgia Tech to get that six win that they've been looking for. Yeah, and I, I fully expect that to come come on Saturday. I think it's going to be a great game. And it's, the, it's, it's, a big, it's a big one for both teams. Both teams are looking to become bowl eligible. Dino Babers started 5-0, then went 0-5. We'll see how he finishes the year. 